Hey guys, welcome back to Set Me Free. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, continuing our study, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Um, we're at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we're going to read through today. And arguably, this is probably one of the most controversial um, chapters in the Bible. And I, I find it very interesting. you got 1 Corinthians chapter 12 um, that talked about the gifts um, and positions in the church. And then you have love being the most important chapter. Chapter 13 is right in the middle. And then we have um, what we're going to find out to be tongues. Uh, a lot of people probably wouldn't wouldn't talk about this chapter, but I'm not really scared. And, you know, I, I think it needs to be talked about because I think there's a huge misinterpretation of uh, what tongues is in the Bible, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna share and teach what I believe the Bible to be true. Um, so let's begin chapter 14. Obviously, verse one says, "Let love be your highest goal." So let's not put huge emphasis on all these gifts and you know think we're important and something special. Um, but let love be our highest goal. Paul says here. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Okay, once again, I told you what prophesy meant back in chapter 12. So the Word of God is the prophecy. So to prophesy means to read or teach God's Word. Um, so it's, it's God's Word. That's what prophecy is. Um, and Jesus being the fulfillment of prophecy. So make, make no mistake about it. Don't receive empty words um, that just sound good or appeal to your um, flesh um, because it's not about exalting us it's about exalting Jesus Christ so remember that um, there there's many things that go around in the church and we have to be very careful that we don't just follow um, you know the stream but we, we got to follow God's word the prophecy um, for all of us so verse 2 for if you have the ability to speak in tongues you will be able talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit and it will be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Um, so we see tongues introduced right here. Um, the Greek word for tongue is glossolalia. Um, and tongue has a few different um, interpretations, which it could be another language, other languages, or a foreign language. That is the meaning of tongue. Um, I have personally been in church settings where people um, just do things with their mouth, la 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 la, or whatever that comes to mind, um, and they call that tongues. That is not tongues. Um, we're going to let the scripture interpret itself, and I'm actually going to stop right here. And I want to reference back to Acts chapter 2 um, on the day of Pentecost. Um, when a mighty windstorm came, it filled the house where they were sitting and looked like flames or tongues appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. Okay, these are known languages in our world. Um, and we'll see that as we finish reading this chapter. As the Holy Spirit gave them this ability, 
At that time, they were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed, these people are all are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Okay, so we need to be very careful with this interpretation of tongues. Tongues is a language of the world. It would be, for instance, if I were speaking this podcast in Chinese, you would not be able to understand what I was saying. But God enabled believers to be empowered to speak or learn other languages so that more people can hear and understand the message of Jesus Christ. So make no mistake about it. Don't fall for the 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 weird stuff that you see in church. If it's weird, if it seems weird, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. It's weird. Um, so God is not weird. He's a God of order. And we're going to read on um, verse 5. I wish you all could speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues. Unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. So, interpretation. So, God desires that if you can speak in another language, that it be interpreted what was spoken so that everyone can understand and be um, edified. So, like I was saying, if I were sharing this podcast and I was speaking right now in Chinese, it would not benefit you whatsoever unless someone was able to interpret it into English. It's very simple, guys. That's what was going on. That's the gift of tongues. There are people who possess the gift of tongues. And what that would look like is someone in English who's an English-speaking person can speak Spanish. That's tongues. That's a gift of tongues. It's the ability to be able to speak another language, other languages, or a foreign language. Um, Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophesy or teaching, that will be helpful. So we see that prophecy is the teaching of God's word. It's beneficial to the hearer. Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play the notes clearly. No one will recognize the melody. And if the burglar doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know that are being called to battle. It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you're saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. There are many different languages in the world, and every language has meaning. So right there, it basically interprets itself. Verse number 10, you can find the interpretation or the meaning of tongues. It's different languages in the world. But if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it. And the one who speaks it to me will be a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. So Paul is actually trying to defer people away from speaking in tongues as comparison to teaching, say, the Word of God. Um, Because it's way more beneficial. Um, so it's important that, you know, you, you seek to learn those more important things. Ask the Spirit to help you and develop your intellectual ability. Study God's Word. That's the most important thing. Study it thoroughly. Study it in context. Study large portions of it. And you can gain a bigger, broader picture of, of Jesus Christ. Ultimately, it's what it is. It's Jesus Christ. Because all of these gifts, 
um, are for the benefit of other people. That's what Paul is saying. Seek the ones that benefit others. Don't be selfish and be self-seeking. These gifts are not for us anyways. They're for the building up of the body of Christ, which is people. It's not a building. Don't mistake that either. So verse 13. So anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what shall I do? I pray in the spirit and also pray words I understand. I will sing in the spirit and I will also sing in words I understand. So Paul's talking about internalizing um, and externalizing prayer. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? Um, How can they join you and giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying. You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. Why won't it strengthen them? Because they don't understand what you're saying. That's why there has to be an interpretation of tongues when it's spoken in any crowd or people whatsoever. There needs to be an interpretation. Otherwise, there will be no understanding or edification. Verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. So Paul here is saying that he he speaks many languages in the world. So that's why Paul can reach so many people. Um, But he says right here that he would rather speak five understandable words than 10,000 words in a language you can't understand. So make sure, guys, we're picking up these important points here. Don't be deceived. And there's a lot of deception out there. So I want to, um, to help you, guide you to God's word. 1 Corinthians 14, study it. Study to show yourself approved. The Bible teaches that. Verse 20, dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil. But be mature in understanding matters of this kind. It is written in the scriptures, I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners. But even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So right there, he just gives even a deeper meaning to tongues. He even says strange languages. It's a different language. He can speak cross-cultural. He could speak use English people to reach Spanish people. He could use English people to reach Chinese people. If there's an interpreter involved that can relay the message, I can preach to the multitudes in English and tell them the great message that Jesus Christ can redeem your soul and give you eternal life. And as long as there is someone who knows that native language and interprets what I'm saying, people could be reached. But if no one was there to interpret my message, it would fall on deaf ears because they wouldn't have a clue what I was saying. Verse 22, so you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. See, it's not for believers, it's for the unbelievers, which Acts chapter 2 gives a perfect picture of that. There was people who were full of the Holy Spirit of God who began to speak in other languages. Those languages were understood by different people who were there. That's why they were given. So, Make no mistake about it, guys. These are these this tongue that the Bible speaks about, it's a known language in our world today. It's not a hula la la la. It's not hogwash just being spoken. It has meaning. Everything God does has meaning behind it. Um 
Even so, if the unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you're crazy. The Bible tells you right there. If, if someone who does comes into your church meeting and you guys are all speaking in um, some kind of made-up tongue language, they're going to think you're crazy. Why? Because it is crazy. Um, it's not you if if you were to speak in tongues, it would be a known language somewhere in this world by some human being. Um, verse 24, but if all of you are prophesying, which is teaching God's word, saying edifying things and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among you. So we could see the separation right there of real and fake. Verse 26, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach. Another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is being said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak at one time or one at a time, and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must remain silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately, quietly. So if you happen to speak another language and you want to pray in that language, the Bible instructs us if you're not interpreting what you're what you're praying, say you're, you're English, but you want to pray in Spanish because you know Spanish language. If that language is not being interpreted, the Bible instructs you to be quiet. End of story. Verse 29. Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying or another receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak one after the other so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Um, remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and they can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. Um, to me, it, this right here paints a great picture of like a Celebrate Recovery um, group meeting. If you've been to a Celebrate Recovery, it's beautiful how everyone shares kind of you know what God's doing in their life, um, what God has done for them, what God has brought them through. Um, kind of love the, you know, how people that have been through addiction will help others. You know, I personally have been through addiction, drugs, alcohol, um, you, you name it. I've, I've messed around with it. Um, so, you know, it's a beautiful picture of just people helping people using God's word, loving on each other. Um, verse 34 instructs women should be silent during church meetings. It's not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive. Just as the law says, if they have any questions, they should ask their husbands at home for it isn't proper for women to speak in church meetings. Or do you think God's word originated with you Corinthians? Are you the ones to whom it was given? If you claim to be a prophet or think you are spiritual, you should recognize that what I am saying is, is a command from the Lord himself. But if you do not recognize this, you yourself will not be recognized. So my dear brothers and sisters, 
Be eager to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. Um, so that concludes chapter 14. I want to reflect quickly back, and I know this probably is, I think this is a very important topic that needed to be talked about years ago before you know, things developed in certain churches such as like Pentecost and, you know, there man always has some type of interpretation. And when man preaches his interpretation as fact, that's when trouble comes. But only God's word is a fact. Only God's word is the truth. So that's why it's so important to read God's word, study God's word. Um, he looks down in heaven and sees his study that children are his, his children that study and it makes his heart happy. I promise you it does. But I want to reflect back quickly to the very first verse in the 14th chapter. It says, let love be your highest goal. That is the key, guys. It's it, These gifts, they're important because they serve each other and we build each other up. I have the gift of encouragement. I have the gift of communication. I have the gift of teaching God's word, um, which is prophecy. I have those gifts and I use those gifts to help other people. Um but I focus just solely on loving people. And gifts is just one means of, of being able to, to do that. So I want to encourage you to let love be your highest goal. Um, and God bless you and thank you for listening.